We are created. We are not here by accident. But the problem is, friends, we have failed. We have messed up. We have willfully sinned against a God who is good and he created everything right and he created this incredible place for us to live. And then we failed. We sinned. Our ancestors sinned. Adam and Eve, real people, your relatives. Eventually the world got so bad, God destroyed the earth with a flood. And then even in the midst of that judgment, there was a rescue plan, wasn't there? God told Noah to build this ark. And it's not a little teeny bathtub ark, friends. This is a massive, huge ark that saved eight people. And again, they're your ancestors as well. And the animals. We need a rescue, don't we? There's another judgment that's coming. There's actually two. There's one. This earth, the Bible says, is going to be destroyed by fire. We're worried about global warming. You've you've seen nothing. Okay, But also the, the Bible describes an eternal lake of fire that is the destination of all who have rebelled against God. And the Bible says all have sinned. And you see these beautiful children up here this morning. The Bible says we're born in sin. We sin. And everyone that tries to rescue themselves, you find that you can never be good enough because you find that you continue to sin. Even if you say, I promise to stop sinning from today on. And let's say you could possibly do that. You can't, but let's say you could. You still all have all your past sins. And you cannot atone for those yourselves. We are in a bind. We are in need of rescue. Now, Southwest Florida is familiar to me. My mom and dad started to vacation down in Cape Coral and Sanibel years and years ago. So we love that place. A beautiful island. And have you been to Sanibel? Uh, Cape Coral, Fort Myers, Cayo Costa. Uh, Cayo Costa is where Ian made landfall on the barrier island. And that's a, a little state park. It's beautiful. It's deserted. We've tent camped out there. And it's just gorgeous. And then it made the second landfall or the mainland landfall at a little subdivision called Pirate Harbor. That's where my mom and dad used to live, right in Pirate Harbor. Small little subdivision. And that's where Ian came to shore. And it surprised people because they thought Ian was going to go further north and and possibly go through Tampa. And so we were ready to send people down to all of our friends in Tampa and that part of Florida. And then just like Charlie, which my mom was in Cape Coral Coral for Charlie, she actually went through the, the hurricane, went into the eye of the hurricane, and she says, never again. I'm like, Mom, why did we leave you down there? We, we still can't understand why we left you down there for Charlie. But anyway, she's here. She's got gr- a great story to tell you now. <clears throat> and then a, a grandson by the name of Charlie, too. That's kind of funny, isn't it? A great grandson. So, um, yeah, Ian came right pretty much on that same path. But Ian, uh, Charlie was a four, but Charlie was a small four. Ian was a, a large uh, diameter four. And it came in, and it just shredded Sanibel and... Captiva, North Captiva, Cayo Costa, all of those areas. We fished so many, so many times down there, all around that, that area. We know it so well. We've planted a church in Cape Coral. Cape Baptist Church is a church that we started a number of years ago. And a lot of our friends are down there. And then uh, Dave Carnes is down there, our, our 9-11 hero that was just here. He, he lives in Fort Myers. So we were really worried, and we said, we're going to send a, a rescue team. We're going to gather a group of guys. It turned out to be three 
uh, men and their sons, and some of their sons are men as well, they're older, uh, including Pastor Dave Rindy that leads our music. He, he flew down there and with his son, and <clears throat> they started to just help anyone they could. The idea was to uh, give them supplies, chainsaws, generators, gas, food, and water, and get down there. And in the first hours of a disaster, there's no like coordination yet. They're trying, the government's trying to get in there. Now they're doing great, by the way. Florida has done really good, and, and uh, FEMA and everybody, they, they've really organized it. So our guys are actually starting to drive home now. But at first, everyone's in a daze. No, no one knows what to do. It's so bad. And so we learned that all those that we know were safe, they had minimal damage. Uh, the Boises, though, had water come up to their house. They live near the river, the Caloosahatchee River. And so it was just this awful, awful thing when they pulled in on Thursday to see the devastation in southwest Florida. People were trapped. People needed rescue. And so I asked the, some of the guys that were down there to do a little video to explain what it felt like when they first laid eyes on the devastation there in Southwest Florida. And here is what they had to say. So coming down to this area and seeing just the pure devastation of the entire area put me into sort of a shock. I was trying to mentally prepare myself for what I would see, but I don't think I could have actually done that because it was just, it, it was crazy at what I saw and just seeing the the giant boats, you know, a mile inland was crazy. For me, the most impactful moment was today when we were at the Fort Myer Beach Bridge. The South Bridge was out. The only way in and out of that island was through the bridge that we were at. And we were standing there um, with a couple sheriff deputies and people were coming on and off, walking over two plus miles, some of them carrying whatever belongings they had, um, and they were, they were desperate. So when we first got there, all there was was just devastation. All the homes were gone, boats were just everywhere, and it was just really sad to see people walking around with no hope. We headed towards the Fort Myers Beach area, and there, it was it was just bad. Uh, devastation everywhere. People distraught, don't know what to do, kind of staring off in the distance. Um, very sad. Some of these people lost everything, their home, their, their cars, their, whatever they had. It was just utter destruction. Uh, we drove by many people just sitting in front of their businesses, sitting in front of their houses with their hands in their laps and just looking like utter despair. Uh, people you know, that, that have no hope. And that's our situation, friends. It really is. That's literally, if you look at the human race, that's our, that's our situation. We have been devastated by our own sin. We're in need of rescue. And I want to share with you a couple of verses in the Bible that show you that the Lord is offering to rescue you. Okay? The Lord, number one, is offering to rescue you. You. Isn't that amazing? Look at 1 Timothy 4 in verse 18. And this is Paul speaking to Timothy. These are the, some of the very last words of the Apostle Paul. And he says to Timothy, The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me. 
I want you to focus on the Lord shall deliver me and preserve me. Because Paul had a lot of people against him. We're going to see that next. But the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Bible talks about our sin and our, our rebellion. It's really what sin is. We've rebelled against God, and sometimes we sin without even realizing it. But we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But the Lord will deliver you, not only from the penalty of, of sin, which is eternal separation from God in hell, but also he's going to deliver you in this life from the, some of the things that are out to harm you. God is going to protect you. And we bathed that hurricane response team in prayer, especially the, the younger ones that went down with their dads. I saw the mom hugging, and I'll show you a video of that, her, her son. Now he's 15, but still, he's her little boy, right? And I could just see a little bit of worry on her face that we're actually sending this, this son into such devastation. But we bathed them in prayer, didn't we? And they are okay, and they're coming home, and everybody's good. And they did some incredible things, and I want to show you that in a second. Romans 8.1 says, there's no condemnation to them in Christ. Condemnation is this idea that, that we, are, uh, we are going to be separated from God in hell. We're under God's wrath. But for those in Christ... We don't have that condemnation, okay? So you need rescue, I need rescue, we all need rescue, and Jesus is willing and able to rescue you. As a matter of fact, he's already, he's already uh, come. He already came. He already did everything that you need to be rescued. You say, well, then why am I not already rescued? Because you have to accept it. You have to receive it, what he's done for you. He came, he died on a cross, and he rose again. He is God in the flesh. There's one God. There's three persons, the Father, Son, and Spirit. The second person of the Godhead came and became one of us. He did what we couldn't do. He lived a perfect life. Never once did he sin. They tried to find faults, but no one could. Pontius Pilate declared him innocent three times and yet still condemned him to death. The Roman centurion, this hardened man, said, surely this is the Son of God. He came, he raised the dead, he healed the lame, he healed the blind, he did incredible miracles, yet he was crucified. By the way, who's responsible for the death of Jesus? A lot of people have blamed the Jews. They've been called Christ killers. Or maybe it was the Romans, because they're the ones that nailed him to a cross. I'll tell you who was responsible for the death of Christ. It was me. Because he died willingly. No one could have taken him and killed him without his approval. He's God. He allowed the creature to take his life, but he was doing it for them. For the very people that were nailing the nails into his hands and feet. He was doing this for them. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
So it is me, it is you. We're responsible for the death of Jesus. He died a sacrifice. He came, he entered into this world to do this great rescue mission, the greatest rescue of all time. It's incredible when you start to think about what Jesus did for us on the cross. He died, he rose again. That's the great proof that his rescue plan succeeded. And now that is offered to any person who will simply believe The Lord wants to rescue you. And we need to be rescued, don't we? Look at number two. We need rescue. So what were some of the things that Paul was facing? Even as a believer, even as a a Christian and a a prominent Christian, he had problems. Some people say, well, once I I am saved, once I'm a born-again believer, now like my whole life's going to be easy. (laughs) And actually it it could get harder. We're never promised a life of ease. That's a Western Christianity thing. That's a, a television preacher thing. And that's, it worries me a little bit because I'm a television preacher. But I don't preach that. I actually say that, that if, if our Savior suffered, who are we to think that we won't suffer? Okay? So, so Paul, although he was saved from hell, he still had a lot of problems. And we need, we need God's help in all of these things, don't we? He says in, in verse 10 of 2 Timothy 4, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Look at verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. And then in verse 16, it says, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. And then he, he, he is spiritual, by the way, by saying this, and I hope I would say this. I pray that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Isn't that wonderful? In the midst of all of our trials and problems in our life, if you are saved, if you're born again, you have someone going through that trial with you, and he's gone through that same thing. He knows exactly what you're going through. If you say, if you think nobody cares, nobody knows what I'm going through, you're wrong. God cares. Jesus went through all of the, the, the issues and problems that you'll ever face, and he's with you if you're saved. We need rescue. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by, that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of a lion. Now we're uncertain exactly what this means because Christians were thrown into these arenas and the lions were released. Did this happen to Paul? We don't read about it anywhere else but here or is it metaphorical? But either way, people were out to get him. So not only will, will God rescue you from hell, and that happens when you put your trust in Jesus, but he'll also continue to be there for you and help you. Remember when the three young men were, were being taken into the fiery furnace by Nebuchadnezzar because they did not bow down to the statue? They said, well, God can save us, but if he doesn't, we're still going to do what's right. But then what happened? They were thrown in, those that threw them in, the three Hebrew boys, Those that threw them in died because the fire was so intense. But they were in there walking around without even the smell of smoke on their clothes. Not even one hair singed because there was a fourth person in the fire with them. And that's the Lord. That's how good he is. So even in the midst of your trial, he is going to be with you. Whatever the situation is. And number three, 
If you reject his rescue, you will face judgment alone. Let's look at the first verse of 2 Timothy 4. It says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead. My dad used to say, that's Chicago. You're either quick or you're dead. <laughs> and it's, it's getting better, right? Because of our great mayor and our great governor. And they still say crime's coming down. I don't know. I don't know. But we're quick here is alive. So, so there is going to be a judgment for those that have rejected or not received this rescue. But it's already been paid for. It's already done. You don't have to go through this eternal separation from God because this rescue is offered to you. And if you're not absolutely 100% positive that if you die today, we don't know what can happen. There's all these disasters or you can just have a heart attack today. And I, I'm not trying to be down. I'm just trying to be realistic. It could happen, right? We're, we're not guaranteed our next breath. Do you know for sure right now, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you're on your way to heaven? I do. I had a wonderful family who were Roman Catholic, and I told them that, and they're like, you are presumptuous. You know for sure you're going to heaven? I'm like, I do. And, and, and they were really religious. I mean, they went to mass every day. Really, really good people, really religious people. But they said I was presumptuous. I said, actually, you're right, but I'm not presuming on myself. That would be presumptuous. I'm presuming upon Jesus. I put my trust in him. He's paid all my sins. He died and rose again. I believed in him, and now I have eternal life. So I know if I die right now, I go to heaven. Now, wouldn't it be ironic if I passed out right now and and died? You'd be like, Lord, save me, right? But you should, because we don't know. We don't know. But the rescue has already taken place. And he's come, he died and rose again. He is God in the flesh. And he's saved me and he's changed my life and he can do it for you. And if I go through a hard trial, I'm gonna have someone with me, standing with me. And it's the most amazing thing in the world when you have God with you at all times. I'm gonna show you the last video. The first one I called the In Grace um, Hurricane Team devastation video. This one I called the hope video because now you're going to get to see what hope looks like and what the gospel looks like. As they were down there, they were handing out food, water. They were, they were filling people's generators with gasoline. They were, they were moving people that were, they had evacuated some people off this bridge, but they didn't know where to go. So we had a rental SUV that we're filling up with people and driving them to a shelter. And all of these things happen because of the gospel. And another interesting thing, this, this young man, he um, was interviewed by NBC New York. And I'm actually going to play the interview for you. It's a little hard to hear, so listen carefully, because there's background noise. But they're asking him, why are you here? Are you on vacation? He's like, no, my church sent me. And like, the guy's like, what? But at the end, the camera guy says, you've got God in you. And gives him a hug. The camera guy. I mean, these are New Yorkers, right? Good night. Anyways, watch this video. Are you here on vacation? What are you guys doing? No, we're here. Uh, we were sent by our church just to, to supply humanitarian support and uh, share the, the gospel with everybody. From Chicago? From Chicago. I just 
there's a heavy burden, whether it's just to, to share the good news that God sent you some back. out tracks, just hand out water, and just to see them actually have hope for the first time in a long time. We were able to pass out waters and snacks to a lot of people today, and with that, of course, heaven tracks and share the gospel with some, and so it was, it was amazing to see, and hopefully we can give them a little bit of hope, um, those that have lost everything. They were desperate. We gave them water, we gave them some snacks, and we were able to give them the gospel, give them a heaven track. It was so well received. It was amazing. It was amazing the the power of the gospel and to put a smile on someone's face. Today we were able to pass out uh, tracks, gave people the gospel, and that's something that you know if they accepted Christ as their savior, that that hope is all in Jesus. Just being able to not only meet people's physical needs but also their spiritual needs was um, really cool for me to be a part of, and I was really thankful to be part of this trip and uh, help out down here in Florida. Let's give a huge hand to our disaster response team. And Isaiah, wow, he's giving the gospel to New York. You know, he's just telling the guy, and I'm like, oh my, you know, I would have said we're here to, you know, give food and water and help people. And no, he just went right into the gospel. Like, yeah, what a, what an awesome kid. But that's where, that, that's what God can do for you. God can change your life. And then you're going to go in the middle of chaos and devastation and destruction. And you're going to still have hope for, because you have hope, but then you're going to give hope. Right. And, and there's hope for the world. Now, uh, there's some people that are really hurting and they've lost everything. But if you have Jesus, you have everything. Okay. We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about a priest or a pastor. We're not talking about prayers and penance. We're talking about the person and work of Jesus, the son of God who died on the cross for you and rose again. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is a what? Gifts of God. We didn't hand anything out and say, now pay us for that. No, it's a gift. You're giving out things for free. It's a gift of God. What is eternal life? How do you receive it? Well, you have to believe. You have to put your trust in Jesus. It is the gift of God. It's not of works, friends. If you could work your way to heaven, why would Jesus have had to die? Some people think, well, he did his part. I got to do my part. No, you can't do anything. 
You have to just by faith put your trust in him. You say, well, how do I do that? Just believe. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. And right now I put my full trust and dependence in Jesus. I believe that he died and rose again for my sins. You're putting your trust in him. And the Bible says at that very instant, you're born again. You know, these children all on this stage had a moment of birth, didn't they? They had a moment when they came into this world. And once that happened, they were always children of their parents. Now, there might be times in their life when they aren't behaving themselves. And the parents might wish they weren't their children. And there are some other times in their life when the children wish they weren't uh, the children of their parents. But the fact remains is they always are your children if they're born into your family. And we have been adopted by God. When we put our trust in Jesus Christ, we are born again. We're born spiritually, a second birth. And that will guarantee 100% that you're on your way to heaven and you will not face eternal separation from God. And then it's our whole life is, is the Lord standing with us and helping us and rescuing us from all the issues that we have in our life. So not only are you saved from hell, but you also are saved by one that is going to be with you and will help you and protect you. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you ever believed that he died for you? Let me use this hand to represent all of us, and my phone represents sin. We've fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. This is God who never sinned. He cannot sin. He is holy. Our sin separates us from him. But he loves us so much. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus paid for our sin, and he's offering his hand to rescue you. If you put out your hand of faith, you're saved. You say, well, what if I mess up after, after this? What if I mess up tonight, tomorrow, the next day? You're going to. You're in the hand of God. He now will treat you like a son or a daughter. He will never kick you out. He cannot. But you are safe and secure in his hand. And he preserves you. And you don't have to worry about that. Now you say, well, what should I do with my life? Well, now serve him. Now tell others about him. And you'll be amazed at the opportunities God gives you. I promise you, Wednesday morning, when the, the six guys woke up that went down to Florida, they didn't know they were going to Florida because we just made the call because I was watching the storm and like, well, you know what? It's, it's gonna hit, let's get them going. And they literally, in a matter, matter of a few hours, spun up and were ready to, to hit, hit the road and they were able to get down there right away. It's just, the, it's just the coolest life in the world, isn't it? To have these incredible opportunities to share God's love. Have you received that love? Have you been rescued from your sin? He wants to save you right now.